Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Podcast. We are coming at you on a Sunday, a rainy Sunday morning here in Los Angeles as the Clippers are off before taking on Charlotte in Charlotte tomorrow. It is a four-game road trip that kicks off against Charlotte on Monday, Orlando on Wednesday, Miami Thursday. It's a good old Florida back-to-back, and then Washington on Saturday before returning home next Monday against the Boston Celtics in what will be a five-game Home stand, but we got to talk about what happened at home yesterday and what's happened the last couple of days and frankly the last week or two since I haven't been on this podcast for a little while. My buddy Matt Matt Warren has taken the reins and he joins me on this podcast. Matt, what's up, man? Brandon Marcus, Sports Ethos Clipper Nation. How the heck are you? It's a rainy Sunday, and it is apropos of what has been happening with this team. Recently, and more to the point yesterday, as you were saying, it has not been pretty, no. Brandon. No, it has not been pretty, and we're going to get into that. Uh, Matt, Matt Warren, by the way, now sitting at 94 followers on Twitter. So mm. our goal today is to get him to 100. So if you're listening to this podcast, go follow Matt, Matt Warren on Twitter. It's Matt, which you know how to spell. Then Matt Warren, M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. If you go to Ethos Clippers or you follow me at BD Marcus, you'll end up seeing his Twitter handle as we'll post the podcast and it'll have both of our handles in it. So that is the goal for today, to get Matt to 100 followers. You're listening to Sports Ethos Clippers podcast. If you can rate and review the podcast, that would be massive. We really enjoy how many people we have listening to the show. One of the most listened to podcasts on the Sports Ethos Network. And Matt, I want to start with something, and we're going to start with some juicy stuff, all right? We're, I'm not wasting any time. We're going to get right into it. I said to you yesterday, I have a take that I want to run by you, and I want to get your take on it. So listen, you go on Twitter now when the Clippers are playing, and there's a lot of love for guys like Amir Coffey and Brandon Boston Jr. and Musa Diabate. People fall in love with these young guys that they find to be very talented and want to get more playing time. Then we see those guys play yesterday, and the Clippers lost by 27. So here's the thing. This Clippers team obviously is suffering injuries. When you don't have Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Luke Kennard, who frankly you could say are probably four of your top five best scorers at times. You can throw Marcus Morris in there and Reggie Jackson. You're not going to be very good. Here's the thing, Matt. You can't play everybody. You just can't do it. When you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and they're healthy, which seems to be right around the corner. They are both going to travel on this road trip, and I would be stunned if we don't see either one in the next two games. That's Charlotte on Monday and then Orlando on Wednesday, and then I would assume that we'll see 
um, them sit in that game on Thursday if they do come back for that game on Wednesday. When you have those two guys, Matt, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and you can even throw Norm Powell in there, these guys are not going to play. Amir Coffey's not going to play. Musa Diabate, probably not going to play. It's just one of those things where I feel like people are falling too in love with these young players, and I understand the time to, you want to give them time while guys are hurt, but there's a lot of takes on Twitter. These guys need to be a part of the rotation. They have to be a part of the rotation when everybody's healthy. That's just not possible. I'm curious your thoughts because it, it to me it feels like Clippers Twitter is falling too in love with young players and not realizing that those young players and this goes back to Brandon Boston Jr. last year are not ready. This is they're not going to be a part of a winning team. People were clamoring for Brandon Boston Jr. last year. He should not be playing a team that's fully healthy. And I feel like the same is going to be said about Musa Diabate, who has by the way provided a really nice spark. But he's not going to play when the Clippers are fully healthy because guess what? He's not one of the top nine or ten best guys. Your thoughts? I love, I love it. I love the take. I, uh, I've been waiting since we, since we were messaging yesterday to hear it. And I think I, it, there's so much folded into that, um, into what you were saying. Um, we'll start with, with what you're saying. Yeah, I am guilty myself of just falling in love with with these guys. You know, um, I did a harmonized. Uh, singing of Musa Diabate's name on the on the previous podcast. I was so excited when he came in, played so well. Uh, Brandon Boston, I love Preston. I mean, everybody you you do you do tend to fall in love with these young, exciting players, but they're part of they're seemingly part of the Clippers' depth that everybody always talks about, but really they're not because depth really what we're really talking about is when it gets to the playoff and that's like an eight man rotation, maybe a nine. So yeah. the, like the, the, the five, the, you know, the, the big guys, uh, PG, Kawhi, zoo, Reggie, senior, John wall, uh, Covington. And then, you know, like Batum and then, um, you know, throw, throw somebody on man. I'm probably forgetting yeah. somebody in there, but that's, that's really the depth that everybody refers to. Not, Unfortunately, not exciting guys like Diabate, like Boston Jr., uh, like Amir Coffey. As exciting and, and great as these players are, they're not they're not going to be rotation pieces when when the chips are all on the table, right? When when it when it really counts. So falling in love with them um, is is a bit of a fool's errand in that regard. But I do see because I have done the same thing myself. Why why uh, Clippers Twitter, uh, ethos Clipper Nation. Why we are all why we do fall in love because it, if you can't have the ones you love, love the ones you're with, right? We haven't yeah. seen the guys that we really want to root for to to fall in love with to see what this team can actually be. So while the guys are on the floor and we're such Clipper heads and such such fans, fanatics here, if you will, we are going to sort of fall in love with them. But it is important to realize, like I think what you're saying. These guys, they're they're not they're not starters, and they're probably not even rotation players when really when push comes to shove. Yeah, and that's a good point that you raise. That if when the players are not available, then you need to love somebody else, and you want to love the guys who are actually available. Now, don't get me wrong; it's really fun watching these players, and especially Diabate in that game against Portland where they came back and won. They needed that spark off the bench. Very. Very Joe Kim Noah-esque, very Reggie Evans-esque, guys that provide energy off the bench, 
that you really fall in love with them and want to see them play. But it, it really reminds me back of last year when we saw Brandon Boston Jr. and he was lighting up the G League and there were so many people that were clamoring for Brandon Boston Jr. to be a part of the rotation. And putting up numbers in the G League, this is going to sound so stupid, but it's so simple, does not equate to numbers in the NBA. It's really simple. Like, I understand that Diabate's got a double-double, and I understand what he's doing in the G League, but that does not equate to the NBA. Brandon Boston Jr. putting up, what did he have, that 40-piece last year in the G League? That does not translate to the NBA quite yet. These guys are young. They were drafted as projects. This is a Clippers team that knows that they're probably not going to be a part of their best 10, 11 guys. But there's going to be a time where you're going to move on from guys like Marcus Morris. And who knows how long Kawhi and PG are going to stick around. You have those guys around the edges, edges, Luke Kennard. And you just don't know how long those guys are going to be here. So you got to have the younger talent ready to step in. And that's exactly what's happening with guys like Diabate and Brandon Boston Jr. But I just feel like we're going too overboard right now. And it certainly is because of what you said. That when the guys are not available, you got to find something else to fall in love with. But it just feels like we need to pump the brakes a little bit on this whole talk of guys needing to be a part of the rotation because you and I talked about this at the very start of the season. Who are the 9 to 10 best guys? And we left off so many players when we were talking about this roster. And you mentioned Robert Covington when you're talking about the 9 or 10 he best. He may not even be part of those 9 to 10 guys that Ty Lue goes to. I mean, you assume that Luke Kennard is healthy and he may be that guy. I mean, you got Kennard and Powell off the bench along with John Wall. And then you have Batum, and there's nine right there. I mean, I understand that if Zoo gets in foul trouble, certainly that's a chance for Diabate to give you a couple of minutes. But he's not giving you more than five to eight minutes in a game, especially in a playoff game. So we need to understand that this Clippers team, first of all, needs to get Kawhi and PG back. I mean, they're going absolutely nowhere. This, If you look at the Clippers right now, and there are people that are disappointed and think that they should be competing against the likes of Utah and Sacramento without Kawhi, PG, and Norm Powell. It, it's, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The Clippers, without those guys, aren't a very good basketball team. Like, they're fine, and they should have lost to Portland, but they came back because they are the comeback clips, and they just do that type of thing. And Reggie Jackson got into his own world, but the Clippers are not better than a Utah team that's been clicking on all cylinders. They're not better than a Sacramento team that has been absolutely fantastic to start this season. They're not better than Golden State and Denver. So you need your stars back, and I understand it's fun to watch these guys, but it's getting to the point where it's getting exhausting watching some of these players who are fun to watch, but you need the Clippers to win games, man. It's getting to the point where you're right now, and as I'm going to load the standings as I'm talking, you're really flirting with disaster with where you are. Because you are currently in that 7 spot, and you're one game up of that 10 spot. Like, you need to start winning games, Matt. That's my take. It, there is no time, there's no time to waste anymore. It's, it's 24 games played. We're over, over a quarter of the way in. Yeah, it's time to start buckling down winning. You can't be cute messing with rotations. I, I, I do have one more, just, I had one more thought on the, um, on the young guys and the uh, and the love 
the tendency to fall in love with him. I wonder, and I wonder if there's a little bit, because I was just thinking about yesterday's game and Keegan Murray. I wonder if there's a little bit of like draft day FOMO that we may have because we haven't had like a top pick or like a a blue chipper guy in the and we, well, oh we well we're look how good Keegan Murray is. Oh, but we got Brandon, we got Diabate, and well, those guys are great. They're great. They're not at that echelon of the top draft picks, the lottery picks. So I just wonder if that if that has something to do with it. We just want a guy to call our own that uh, that was you know a young pick in a recent draft. Sure, maybe, but, but maybe a part the, of it. Here's the thing, and you look at Golden State, and people were raving about Moody before the season. He's done jack this year, man. Like True. it's one of those things where Golden State's going to be relying on their guys that are more the veteran types. They're relying on Steph and Clay and Andrew Wiggins and guys that have been a part of their roster for a while and that have been a part of the NBA for a while. Like, sure, it's cool to have rookies and it's cool to have this young, new love. But at the same time, like, Brandon Boston Jr. is not winning you games in the NBA. Musa Diabate is not quite ready to win you games in the NBA consistently. Like, sure, he can provide that spark like he did against Portland, but then the next two games they lost. Like, it's just one of those things where you need your guys healthy, and it's it's just fun to have it from different moments in these comebacks. And I, I don't want to be a sourpuss in this situation, but part of this is that I'm a, I'm getting tired of this whole Kawhi PG thing and these guys not being healthy. Like, it's, it's very frustrating. And by the way, I don't blame the Clippers one bit. Like, you're not going to rush these guys onto the floor because guess what? The Clippers still are the seven seed. They're in the playoffs and they haven't had Kawhi and PG healthy for more than like three games. So you want to make bring them back and make sure they are healthy because if you do that, the Clippers are going to start vaulting up the standings. But it does get to the point like where, when are they going to come back and are they going to be able to stay on the court for a while too? So that's kind of where I am coming into this right now is just a little bit of frustration that we are not seeing Kawhi and PG and also a little bit of frustration that people just tend to think that just because a guy plays well in a couple of games that he should immediately be put into rotation that, by the way, is already like clogged there's too many minutes as is like the Clippers need to make a trade if everybody's going to be healthy which is a big if and I don't think it's going to happen this year but you have plenty of guys that could certainly play like you can make a trade if the Clippers want to go for it they certainly could make a trade Clippers are a trade deadline buyer to the likes we've, we've rarely seen I think if you're right there's so so many minutes to go around and but forget about the trade deadline. That's in February. We, like you said, and back back to your point, and I agree with you, that uh, it's much like the Golden State Warriors and their young guys. Of course, we're going to have to rely on our veterans, and that's kind of what I'm saying is that I can see the tendency for people to fall in love with like the young draft picks and the the people who are playing well. But really, if we want to do anything significant, it's going to have to be the veterans, um, and we know that, and they have to get healthy. And to your point which I think is a great one, it's time to start racking up wins. I mean, 13 and 11, you know, two games back in the win column from first, but four games back in the loss column. And then you look at the at the teams below us, Utah, Portland, Dallas, Minnesota, even OKC. Um, it, it, there's there's not much separation. And it's, it's, you keep messing around, you know, we go on this road trip and split it or go one and three or whatever it is. It's like, it's not going to be a good look, and it, we're going to be 
digging out of a hole for the rest of the rest of the season, no matter who's who's healthy. And, and to elaborate on what you just said, I mean, right now the Suns, Nuggets, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Kings, and Warriors, the teams ahead of the Clippers, are all better than the Clippers. I think the only team that I could see the Clippers passing right now is the Kings. And they just beat the crap out of the Clippers yesterday. I mean, you look at the Jazz, the Blazers, the Mavs. Like, those are all cool. Those are fun teams. But my issue is, is that I don't want to be in the play-in tournament, man. I don't want to be in that 7-10 matchup. Because we saw what happened last year where anything could happen. I mean, Paul George got COVID in a must-win game. And you just don't know what's going to happen. Like, the Clippers need to start racking up wins. And hopefully it happens soon. And you, you would hope based on what the Clippers have coming up. And it's it's a tough schedule. I mean, I mentioned earlier, at Charlotte and at Orlando, those are easier games. Like, those are games that you should be winning. And Miami's, who knows what they're going to have. And the Washington, they've been better with Beal and Porzingis. But you come back home, you're facing Boston, you're facing Minnesota, you're facing Phoenix, you're facing Washington again. You have Philly on the road again at Toronto, at Boston. Like, you have some tough games coming up, and you need to start racking up wins. And playing devil's advocate, it's great to have these guys get minutes because you're going to continue to get injuries throughout the season. But my larger point is that I think there's too much clamoring for certain guys to be a part of the rotation, whether it be Amir Coffey, whether it be a guy like Diabate, and even Rocco. And I've said that Rocco needs to be a part of the rotation, but... There's only so many bodies that can play in a given game. And when everybody's healthy, and there's going to be a point, you would hope, when Powell, Kennard, Kawhi, and PG are all back, there's just not minutes to go around to a lot of these guys. And I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, you have to you have to kind of take, sort of take your heart out of it. I remember the first the first podcast that we did together, Brandon, my audition podcast. We were we were just talking about my Clipper fandom. You mentioned on my uh, on my Twitter profile picture at Matt Medworn that I was wearing uh, some pretty cool Clippers uh, gear, which I still wear. And I mentioned that I have a ton, and I was going to wear it all for the first preseason game. And I love all of my Clippers gear, just like I love all of our Clippers players. But at, there's a certain time where it's like they can't all be in my weekly rotation. There's only seven days in a week, and as much as I like the new stuff that I've gotten, it. As much as I like, you know, it, it might be exciting or whatever. Sometimes I just have to go back to the old industry standards that I know look good. And we have to go back to the guys that we know are going to get us wins. And I can't get too excited about the new clothes. We can't get too excited about the new players. They just, they can't immediately be in the rotation is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's a pretty fun analogy. Um, you just, but at the same time, like when your clothes are in the wash, then those clothes get a then chance to have the rotation. I got to wear something. I mean, otherwise I'll get arrested. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, it depends where you're living. You could go to a nudist well, colony. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but, you, know. yeah you never know, right? Stories uh, for another pot is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, I'd love to hear them. So it's, 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 okay. The, I've, I've got plenty of them. It's the uh, PG-13 uh, R-rated podcast. That, uh, <laughs> there event. you go. Once Dan Bespris gives us the green light to that one, that'll be on the, the uh, uh, Ethos the... Podcast Network. The, the triple Xavier Moon. The, uh, oh, well done. <laughs> well done. So quickly on yesterday's game, um, the Clippers lost by 27, and they were getting their butts kicked really since the jump. Sabonis could not miss. He ended up 10 of 11. Um, these are types of games where you need Paul George and Kawhi. It doesn't take a, a brainiac to figure that out. I mean, you look... 
when you rely on guys like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris too much, you just run into trouble. I mean, I don't blame Reggie Jackson. He's one for 12 yesterday. He was due for one of those games. Listen, Reggie Jackson is not a 46% shooter. Like, that's just not who he is. And when he's a volume guy, like, it, it could hurt you when he has games like this. And when he and Marcus Morris combined to go 3 of 23, those are guys that you don't want taking 23 shots normally when you have Kawhi and PG healthy. And you look in what happened with the Clippers. I mean, you had Jason Preston that played 15 minutes. You had Boston that played 20. Moses Brown played 8. Diabate played 19, which is far too many minutes for him. Covington played 21. Um, and it's just one of those things where you, you look at this team, and if I would have tell, told you that the Clippers would start Morris, Zoo, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, and Amir Coffey, you probably would have said they're going to lose. And against a team especially that has done as well as the Kings, by the way, who started Fox, Barnes, Sabonis, Murray, and Huerta. Like, those are five players that are better as a whole than what the Clippers started. And off the bench, they just didn't have much when it came to scoring. John Wall, by the way, has been really good, but he has his highs and his lows, and his lows are really low. So uh, there's not a lot to say about yesterday's game in terms of what you can gather, but I think what what goes back to the beginning of the podcast, what I'm gathering is that, A, when we see these guys, there are people that just say we want to see certain guys more during the season, and I just don't think that's doable. And number two, I just think that Kawhi and PG need to come back at some point here because the Clippers can't tread water for that much longer um, in this Western Conference because you're going to end up in the play-in tournament, which you don't want to be in. Agreed. Oh, well, yeah, we do not want to be in the play-in tournament. And, you know, people, people, yeah, there's not so much to glean from yesterday, but people may push back. Like, oh, you guys say the young guys can't play, but look, uh, senior Covington, Reggie Jackson, who you guys always say are like part of the main rotation, they were a combined six of thirty-four from the field, and that's that's true. You can't argue those are the numbers, but that's not exactly their roles. Like you're saying, when when we're when Norm is in there, uh, coming off the bench to take a lot of that load off, when Paul and uh, Kawhi are in there uh, playing those roles, everybody role everybody's role sort of shifts. So you can't really put it on Reggie Senior and Covington. Um, that yesterday is uh, prescriptive of what they're actually going to do when the entire team is healthy. Yeah, and I like guys like Marcus Morris, and I like Reggie Jackson, and they're fun players, man. They're they're really fun to have, but there's just too much that's being put on them to carry the load, and it's not really fair um, because, I mean, those guys aren't young. And at some point, you talk about injuries, they're going to end up being hurt with these injuries, Matt. And like, if they're hit with the injuries, then you're the depth that we were talking about. It, it really does take a hit. And so you wonder what will happen um, if that's the case. And you lose a guy like Reggie Jackson, you lose a Marcus Morris. And, and I do worry what will happen from that. So we'll see. Um, it's just, I feel like this team is kind of in a weird place right now, and it really will all be solved once Kawhi and PG come back. What are your expectations for Kawhi and PG when they do come back? Because it was the ankle um, for Kawhi. I believe it was the hamstring um, for PG. Those two guys, it feels like that now they're going to be treated with kid gloves, especially they already said that Kawhi is going to be on the minutes limit. What are your expectations from them? Because Kawhi was, he showed certain glimpses when he was healthy, but 
numbers-wise, and you and I both do fantasy basketball, he didn't really do anything um, in his limited minutes. So what are your expectations? We both do fantasy basketball, and as people may remember, I actually yes. traded for Kawhi about a month ago. That hasn't worked out all that well, um, but I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take it back. Uh, well, maybe I would. Uh, for It's funny because I, I sort of wish – I don't wish, but it's it's like I'm more concerned – about Paul George's injury than I am about or the hamstring is more concerning than the ankle hamstring I feel like needs to be monitored more closely than the ankle but Kawhi needs to be monitored more closely than Paul George so it's it's sort of it's it's sort of a a bad mix there because I I know I know how fickle hamstrings can be and I don't know how injured Paul George's hamstring could be because how could we because what have the Clippers told us almost nothing but I, I, I do think, um, given in, in a perfect world where they're relatively close to 100%, I, I don't see – I see Paul George sort of hitting the ground running or at least – you know, he, he may sit a back-to-back here and there. But I, I think he's going to be sort of the engine that drives – whatever sort of uh, ascension that we want to make out of the um, out of the playing spot that we find ourselves in now. And then Kawhi is just, it's going to be a slow build as always. I don't, I don't think much is going to, much is going to change there except that perhaps he can play his 20 to 23 and a half minutes per game uh, in the foreseeable future. Maybe when 2023 hits, we can bump him up somewhere close to 26 minutes uh i think that's sort of wishful thinking just in the way that they've treated him so far but i really think a lot's going to be put on the plate of paul george quite honestly and i we've seen that he can handle it maybe maybe it will galvanize the team around him like it has before and my expectation as far as like wins and losses that that's kind of hard to say but i i do think there'll be a market improvement when when both guys play, and especially when Paul George, I, I, I do think he'll hover around the 30-plus minute mark uh, very quickly yeah. and hopefully get up, you know, 18, 19, 20-plus shots uh, per game and get to the, get to the line. Um, and I think th- that's sort of what I see coming from them and Kawhi. They're just going to treat with the kiddest of kid gloves that we've seen. It feels like both guys are don't have a serious injury. Um, it feels like both those guys, if this was a playoff game, they would both be playing and they would have been both been playing like a week or two ago um, when the injury happened. Like for Kawhi, it didn't seem major and he said he was going to play and that he was fine. So it really does feel like it's nothing really for him. It feels like we're back to square one a little bit with him though, because of the just ramping him up. Remember he was in the starting lineup finally and instead of the whole trying to figure out what would happen off the bench. And then for PG, it feels like it's not that bad. I remember when Law Murray immediately said, right when the injury happened, that it doesn't seem like it's something major and that it's just something that is going to be short-term. And it's been a little bit longer-term than we expected. I mean, I think it's been a couple weeks now without PG, or else it feels that way. So I don't think there's going to be huge limitations on PG um, because I don't think the Clippers would bring him back if there was a chance to re-injure um, his hamstring 
And then for Kawhi, like you said, it's an ankle. This is something that usually you can just tape up and be fine. And I think they're just trying to be careful with him. And the only thing I worry about is I I would assume that they're on the same page as the medical staff because I think both guys want to play. That's my only hope. I really hope that both guys are on the same page page with the medical staff. And this doesn't come out later on that like, hey, Kawhi wanted to play two weeks ago, but the Clippers keep trying to use kid gloves with him. So I'm curious to see how that plays out going forward because that's kind of going to that's certainly something that's happening behind the scenes Matt is this whole trying to figure out when Kawhi should and shouldn't play yeah that that's always a concern to me if there's any butting of heads you know Kawhi wants to get in there but they're they're holding him back for precautionary measures um I do I do agree with you about PG like I was saying I I don't see him being very limited, it was sort of hit the ground running. Uh, I speaking of expectations, I know uh, in the in one of the, the earlier pods uh, in November, actually maybe it was around around Thanksgiving. You were talking to uh, Tomer Zarley, and you were asking him about his enjoyment in covering the team, which I thought was a great was a great question. And I I wanted to jump through my through my headphones and ask you about your enjoyment so far this season, uh, covering and watching our beloved Clippers and. And you're talking about expectations. What are your enjoyment expectations moving forward? Because um, you know, like like we've said, it hasn't been the greatest season so far, not the prettiest, and there's been some frustrations. But do you see do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? You see it getting uh, just getting more fun, and we can kind of celebrate in the streets. Hmm. Well, I think what I said to you before is that I'm not the most patient guy in the world, and so this has certainly been something that's tested me. Um, because I feel like I'm someone that has been through, obviously like you, that's been through a lot with this team. And I'm just hoping to see something at some point when you trade away a guy like SGA, you want to see some benefits, you know what I mean? And it feels like we haven't seen much of that this season. So I think it's more of trying to stay patient, knowing that with a healthy Kawhi and PG, this team could win the NBA title, but at the same time, there's certainly frustration going on, and there's enjoyments, bits and pieces, when a guy like Reggie Jackson does what he did against Portland, I mean, that's really fun to watch, um, when Zoo gets a 31-29 and 29 game, like, that's really fun, it's well-deserved for a guy like him, but apart from that, it's hard to enjoy certain parts of this team when they're not, they're whole, and they're not winning games that you expect, because you got to the point with Lob City where you expect to win games, and I feel like that's the same right now. Does that make sense? It makes sense, and I like what you said about we, you and I both, and and many people listening, I'm sure, the, and many people throughout the city and throughout the world have been with this team for so long that you do have to look at it with a critical eye. Enjoy, enjoy the moment, enjoy the fun moments, like like Reggie skipping down the court in that Portland game, Zoo's big games. Um, but yeah, we have to... We have to, as Clippers fans and as people who expect the best out of the Clippers with that Shea trade and, you know, with, with all the expectations, we have to look at it with a critical eye. And while we do enjoy it, yeah, you're, you're right. There, we, pa- patience is no longer a virtue for Clippers fans. The stuff needs to start happening now. Yeah, and hopefully it starts in this game um, tomorrow because you you need it to start happening soon. You want to get these guys back soon, 
and this is a part of your road trip where you can take care of business at the start against Charlotte and Orlando, two teams that have not been good at all, and hopefully the Clippers do. Anything else you want to hit on? Um, no, that just about covers it. It is. I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is, though. I know it's been a little while to be on here with you again. I always enjoy cutting it up, so it's one of my favorite things to do. Hey, listen, me too. Matt, Matt Warren on Twitter. Get him, please, to 100 followers. That is the goal for today. At BD Marcus on Twitter for myself. Of course, there's the at Ethos Clippers podcast. This is part of the Ethos Podcast Network. Ethos Fantasy really does have you covered no matter where you go. That fantasy news feed is certainly the best around. Breaking news, making sure that you've got your teams ready to win ball games. In the fantasy perspective, of course. So, for Matt, I'm Brandon. Until next time, go Clips. Go Clips. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts